Hello, Fred Kuhn interviews our next guest expert. And now, here's Fred. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to our show. We're continuing with our guest, Tom Wolf today. This is the third of a series on military to civilian career transition. And these are the real hands-on ideas of what you need, really need to do, no theory, all stuff that you can listen to and implement. Our guest today, as I said, is Tom Wolf. Tom is recognized as an expert in the field of military to civilian transition. He graduated from the U.S. Naval Academy, spent time as surface warfare officer in the Navy, tours of duty of flag aid, and it goes on and on. He's a published author, has a wonderful book out that I really like called Out of Uniform, Your Guide to a Successful Military to Civilian Career Transition. Tom, I'd like to welcome you on the show today. Well, Fred, it's uh, my pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to this. We kick things off in the earlier podcasts, and this should be um, a great way to add new material to uh, what's important in the transition process. Well, my objective here, Tom, is to people listening to this, they can pick up something and use it that day. That's the whole purpose of the U.S. at Work show. So let's start with picking up where we left off last time. You've gathered your material, thought about what you want to be when you grow up. You've done your priorities. You've done all that. Now you've got to put that on paper and you've got to create a brand. And let's start with resumes. Tell us your ideas because as you know, my mother has an idea about what a resume looks like and it doesn't necessarily make it right. We all do. But let's talk about the basic structure, what they really, really need to be communicating, if you don't mind. Fred, that's a great place to start. I think one important thing for every person to think about when it comes to their resume is you may or may not need assistance when it comes to writing your resume. But even if you do seek out assistance, whether that assistance is something you pay for or whether it's something that is given to you, just make sure that in the end that you are using your thoughts and your words. Don't allow somebody else to put those words in your mouth. If the resume is successful, you're going to be interviewing. And if the interview comes across differently than the resume, then you put yourself in a bad situation. One of my most important recommendations for the resume is when you're writing your resume, you are not simply writing what has happened in the past. That's true. A resume is an overview of what you have already done, but it must be more than that. It also must be written in a way that it not only describes your skills, your talents, your experience, and what you've done, but it describes it in a way that you're paying more attention to how well you've done what you've done Bingo. specifically <laughs> what you've done. Right. The how well you've done is the key. And I, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll just provide my two cents worth on this. Tom was so right, folks. When you put stuff on your resume, every word, or every thought on your resume, you better be able to defend it in your own words in an interview. Because if you let somebody put something on a piece of paper and you don't know what that means and you don't know how it relates to your career, but it looks pretty, get it off there. Because it's the, probably the first thing they're going to ask about. And if you stumble, you've fallen and you won't be picked up because HR people and the people that you're interviewing won't pick you up. That's not their job. Your job is to, is, is to keep running. Number two, in terms of the quantifiable, measurable 
statements that Tom was referring to. If you've done it, how well did you do it? That's the important thing in a simple, simple statement. Take your salary, multiply it by 25%, add those two numbers together. That's at the end of a year what it's going to cost, not including travel, meals, etc. So the question is, if I can hire somebody, I want them to bring me more as a company than what I'm paying them as a cost. So the greater they perceive your value to be, the more interviews you will have and the greater negotiating room you have at the end of that process. And if you have that negotiating room, you don't wind up like the little boy in Oliver Twist standing there saying, may I please have $15,000 more, sir? You're the person who leaves the room and they say, God, we're lucky to get him for only 15000 more than we thought we'd have to pay. And the only person in charge of those two are you, the job seeker, not the company. It's not their job to pull out kicking and screaming out of you how good you are. It's your job to tell them how good you are. From a resume point of view, I always put the uh, numbers at the beginning of a sentence. Because if they scan the resume and they don't get it in six to eight seconds of reading the first page, what good is it? So if the only thing they remember is the fact you can move mountains, how big, how far, how fast you can move them, then you've sold something. And then they might go back and look at the second page and they might call you and they might send it to somebody else in the company saying, am I crazy for wanting to talk to this guy? Or the last and worst is they put it in the circular file. So that's my rant and rave, <laughs> Tom, on, on resumes. You just hit on so many important points that we, we probably can't cover them all. But one thing that you said that I, I, I'm glad you said it, when you present to a, a potential employer that this is, what I can, this is how I can add value to your organization, this is how I, why you should hire me, you definitely have to pat yourself on the back. You have to be able to talk about yourself you have to be able to kind of brag a little bit. You have to be able to fly your own flag. This is very hard for military personnel to do. Very, military personnel go throughout their careers and what what they're. It's important not to speak up. It's important to be seen and not heard. It's important to let your actions speak louder than your words, and that's all valid. But the only problem is when you're writing your resume. If you're not willing to highlight your accomplishments and brag a little bit, then the resume that you end up with is not going to be one that anybody wants to hire. So learn how to sell yourself. Learn how to talk about yourself in a positive, accomplishment-focused way. Of course, maintain your humility, but learn how to do that comfortably. And on the other end, Fred, one thing I want to point out is in my book, I, I have a story about two brothers who were high jumpers and they both got recruited to colleges and they both sold themselves to the track coach that they could high jump seven feet. And <laughs> one guy goes in and high jumps seven feet, three inches. And the other one goes in and high jumps six feet, eight inches. So which of those athletes do you think the expectations were met as opposed to disappointment? So as, as important as it is for you to sell your potential, don't oversell it. Make sure you can deliver what you say you can deliver because you're better off being better than they expected than being worse than they expected when you get there. 
in this series, Tom Wolf and I are going to talk about interviewing, and I'll just make a quick point here. We're not going to get to it yet, but it's the I versus the we, and we'll talk about that and what the rules are and how to do that, because I agree with you. It's not just military folks, Tom, military members. It is executives come to me, and they are, have all been inculcated with its we, 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 and, and they, they don't know how to describe the value that they have. But we'll talk about that in, in interviewing component of this series on military transition. So it's not just resumes either. You have to look at yourself now as a product in the marketplace, your product, right? And like any product, there are rules of marketing. Those of you who are listening to this on your cell phone or on your computer or whatever, that's a product and you bought it and you bought it for a number of reasons. You bought it because the brand appealed to you. There are many things. So it's about you as a product. You have value and marketplace and I gave you the value formula. Now you have to sell that. And so one of the things that I think that most people miss is they give a hit and miss or a lick and a promise, as my dad used to say, to their total social media brand. And it's very, very important that they have one. It's not just about the resume. It's about your total brand. How do you look? Look, recruiters, 97% of recruiters in America use LinkedIn to find candidates. They use Facebook to do your background checks to make sure you're not doing drunken parties or drugs or something. I mean, so it's a social media world out there. And the idea is you better have a good integrated brand. That is why LinkedIn is so important in this process. I'll cover the very basics here, Tom, and please chime in anywhere you want. LinkedIn profile, you can't just have a header that says, drove a tank. <laughs> managed an artillery battalion because the guy out there in Minnesota who's making snow plows all over for people all over the places in America and around the world where it snows, he doesn't know what a tank or an artillery commander does. How does that help him in his business or her? You got to be able to come up with a line that says something, you know, like sell the sizzle that becomes your header. It's very important that they do that. Then you've got to have, you know, you've got to make sure your interests are in there. It's got to be kind of personal. You want to keep your negative information down. You want to make sure that your keywords, also with your resume, you want to make sure that because of all the ATS, that is the applicant tracking systems, there are 89 major ones that are used by corporations across America. So when your resume goes in now, bingo, it's sucked up into the system. It looks for the keywords matching the job description. You don't have the right percentage saturation of keywords, you're out. You're not even going to get to somebody's desk to be looked at. It's the same thing with keywords and saturation and placement in LinkedIn because the recruiters are looking for certain things. You don't have the certain things, bingo, they're not going to call you. Don't call us, we'll call you the famous recruiter phrase. You must have a LinkedIn profile that covers all six sections of the profile and each one of them has to be perfectly done because you're trying to communicate different things. We could spend a whole program on, or two on LinkedIn. In fact, I have 13 webinars about it. So we're not going to spend much time here on it, but just be aware that your LinkedIn profile is a critical component of your brand. So Tom, I'm going to, Wolf, I'm going to turn it back to you now to talk a little about the integration of that into your social media strategy. I'm so glad we're spending some time on this topic, Fred, because it's, it's so important. Anecdotally, when I wrote the first edition of my book, Back in, it, it was published in early 2012. If you looked at the first edition, if you went into the keyword index, 
you would not find the phrase, the term social media anywhere in the first edition. Now, that's not because I messed up. That's not because I forgot. That's simply because, believe it or not, in 2011, when I was writing this book, social media was not a thing. LinkedIn was barely out there. And now, the second edition, which came out in 2018, the reason I wrote the second edition was my publisher, the University of Nebraska Press, basically said, Tom, we want to have a second edition of your book, but it needs to emphasize the importance of social media. So now, in the second edition, the entire book is filled with mostly social media examples, references, connections, and to your point, how important LinkedIn is. When I was writing that, I interviewed the vice president of personnel for the Vanguard companies, and she shared with me how they use LinkedIn. And one of the things that she shared with me that I did not know was one of the first things they do when they're vetting a potential candidate, they take a look at how long has this candidate been following Vanguard. If they discover that this candidate has been following Vanguard since the day that that candidate sent the resume in, that's an automatic rejection. How could this individual be sincerely interested in Vanguard if they've only been following us for a day? So keep in mind the different ways that companies use social media. They use it to promote their brand. They use it to find talent. They use it to screen talent. And here's a good guide for you. There should be nothing in your social media profile, particularly LinkedIn, because that's the big one. There should be nothing on there that you're not willing to sit at the dinner table with your children, your parents, and your grandparents and share that with them. If there's something in your social media profile that you would not share with them at that dinner table, then you need to remove it or rewrite it. Isn't that kind of like the old expression my dad used to say to me when we were out on fishing trips? Son, nothing should ever come out of your mouth that you can't talk about in front of mama. (laughs) That's a short version of what I just tried to say. Thank you. Oh, he had a bunch of them, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Very important. With your tie on, there's a bunch of other stuff. Oh, yeah. So social media, for all of you listening on the show today, is just so critically important And we have a few minutes left here. I'd like to just do a a short piece on using social media, and then we'll get to other issues in our next podcast. So, Tom Wolf, how would you suggest that military members use social media to their advantage? Well, I think some of the obvious ones, and I'll I'll throw two or three out there, and then I would ask you, please, to, to, to pitch in what I don't mention. We all know the importance, and perhaps we'll get to this next time, of building your network. A network is simply, if there's a company that you have a sincere interest in and you perhaps would like to work for that company, regardless of what the position might be, you are going, in order to get your foot in the door, you are going to need a contact. You're going to need a point of contact, somebody within that company that can be advocate at some point, that can go to bat for you, that can steer you in the right direction, that can shepherd your resume and your application through the process. Unless you're already related to that person, the best way that you're going to find that individual is by using LinkedIn. 
So there's one way. It's a great way to source important people on your network. It's also a great way for you to get a sense of what is the corporate culture of this company? What are their values? What matters to them? We spoke in one of our last sessions, Fred, about what I call interviewing empathy, having in mind and keeping in mind not only what matters to you, but also what matters to the interviewer and to your potential employer. Well, what does matter to your potential employer? What does matter to the person that's going to be interviewing you? You can use social media, particularly LinkedIn, as a great way to find that information. It's a two-way street in an interview. If you do not show interest, we'll, I want to get to interviewing as a, as a, as a concept in our, next, in our next podcast, number 327. But you're so right, Tom. You have to know, what is the old military expression? Who, who did this? Uh, the, the, oh, that German fellow that wrote all the principles. Uh, power is knowing what they're going to do before they do it. If you do that, you're prepared. It's the intelligence that's so important in gathering the process of getting information so that you know how to prepare. I'm not sure I'm saying that right in military terms, but I know that's true in business. If I know what my competition is doing, I can beat them out. I mean, if I know ahead of time as much information as I can, I'll make less mistakes. It's the same principle. Absolutely. So that's yes. Folks, we have spent a wonderful session here today with Tom Wolf. Tom is an author, a columnist, career coach. He's a veteran, graduate of the military, Naval Academy, author and publisher. Uh, he has published in Military.com, Civilian News, Stars and Stripes, GI Jobs. My God, it goes on, Tom. And I'd like to thank you for being on the U.S. at work today. And I'll see you in a little bit on our next part in the series, Military to Civilian Transition. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, Fred. I've enjoyed it. I look forward to our next session. Thank you for visiting with us. We welcome your comments and suggestions and look forward to having you join us soon at Workplace Strategies.